A warm spring Sunday, May 15, 1988. A grandma and grandpa and their 19-year-old grandson are riding their four-wheelers through the tranquil wooded countryside of Taney County, Missouri. It was always kind of unbelievable down here and, you know, and the, the peaceful quiet of the Ozark. Lloyd Lawrence and his wife Frankie and Willie were enjoying the outing on the dirt back roads near their cabin. The couple was taking care of Willie, who was paralyzed from the waist down after a car accident. As they forded a small creek, the peaceful scene is shattered by blasts from a shotgun coming from within the trees. He walked over there and blew their heads away with a shotgun. Lloyd, Frankie, and Willie are dead. It was as gruesome as I'd ever seen. Their bullet-riddled bodies slumped over their ATVs were found hours later by the couple's daughter who showed up for a visit. There was just a trail of blood. Loved ones and law enforcement alike were faced with the question, who would brutally murder these grandparents and their disabled grandson in cold blood? It's a mind-boggling story. Investigators would find the trail that ended in this blood-stained stream was interwoven with crime drugs and a feud with an old family acquaintance named Daryl Meese. From Cullerton News and Ozarks Fox, this is Crime Traveler, a look back on criminal acts in the Ozarks and the news investigations that followed them. I'm Mike Landis. It was in 1987 that Daryl Meese, a Vietnam vet living in Reed Spring, Missouri, met Lloyd Lawrence. The two struck up a partnership, but their business was not on the up and up. Law enforcement had long had its eye on Lloyd, who lived in Shell Knob. Deputies suspected him of running several labs making meth, or crank as it was called then. Michael Cuneo wrote about the case in his book, Almost Midnight, an American story of murder and redemption. Lloyd was a, a methamphetamine drug kingpin and a cockfighting entrepreneur in southwest Missouri, really a feared outlaw. Court documents show the two guys made a deal. Daryl would let Lloyd use his property to run a crank lab, and in return, he'd teach Daryl how to make the drug and do his own dealing. Lloyd failed to keep his promise, and the relationship started to turn sour. At one point, Lloyd gave Daryl a batch of crank, and he had a bad reaction to it. Daryl was convinced he'd been poisoned and grew paranoid and convinced Lloyd wanted him dead. So he and his girlfriend, Mary Epps, decided to get as far away from Taney County as they could. According to court documents, on their way out of the state, Daryl stole from Lloyd four pounds of crank and four two-liter soda bottles of chemicals used to make the drug. Then, Daryl and Mary were off and zigzagged across the country, California, Arizona, Louisiana. During a phone call back home to his mom, Daryl learned Lloyd found out his drugs had been stolen and the drug boss wanted to kill him. That's when Daryl decided he couldn't keep running, always in fear of Lloyd or his gang tracking him down. That was no way to live. He figured he and Mary needed to get back to Missouri to settle things with Lloyd once and for all. Back in the Ozarks, Daryl set up in the woods near the Lawrence family weekend cabin in Taney County. He was in this for the long haul. Prosecutors said he camped out for three days waiting for Lloyd with his 12-gauge shotgun. He'd cut down, we found where he'd cut down some brush and everything. Highway Patrol Sergeant Jack Merritt was a lead investigator. And created a blind to hide himself. And I think through his own 
admission. He had, was camouflaged out and his face blackened. Then on Sunday, Daryl spotted his target, Lloyd and his family on their four-wheelers. Willie zoomed by first, then came Lloyd and Frankie. Daryl took his shots, hitting them both. There was just a trail of blood where the, their four-wheeler ended up right over in here. The grandson turned around to see what was going on. And then Willie came back and he said he had to go ahead and shoot him because he recognized him. He walked down to, the, to them and uh, that's where he put the final blow into their heads. Merritt and his partner Tom Martin will never forget that day. It was as gruesome as I'd ever seen. And, and have seen since. A scene discovered by the Lawrence's daughter, Retha Bastura. By then, Daryl and Mary were already on the way back out of Missouri. Eight months later, in January 1989, the law caught up with them in Arizona. Daryl was arrested and flown back to the Ozarks to face charges. At Highway Patrol headquarters in Springfield, Daryl Meese confessed to the murders of Lloyd, Frankie, and Willie Lawrence. Again, there has been nothing in the way of any promises or threats made to you for your statement. In 1990, the trial for Willie's murder got underway. The state felt that would be enough to convict Meese. Trials for the killings of Lloyd and Frankie could come later. He tracked this, this man and this family and ended up killing these people. It was over money and drugs. Taney County Prosecuting Attorney Jim Justice told the jurors the evidence in this case couldn't be any more clear. Not only killed them, but after, after they were dead, he walked over there and blew their heads away with a shotgun. He wanted to make a statement. He wanted to get involved. He wanted to take over the meth. Daryl's attorney, Bill Wendt, tried to take the responsibility off his client. The problems that gave rise to these deaths were created by Lloyd Lawrence uh, because he was the drug pusher, he was the drug manufacturer. Had it not been for his in inducement of uh, uh, Daryl into the drug business, these deaths would have never occurred. The jury handed down a guilty verdict, a win for the prosecution and Jim Justice. We presented our case, there were no surprises. We controlled it from the start to the finish and uh, there was just no question in my mind that uh, we'd get the first degree guilty verdict. And then came the penalty, a death sentence. I feel that, that, that justice has been served, that this is the type of case that, that, the, that we set it up for the death penalty and I am pleased with the verdict and I'm, I'm glad that the jurors uh, who worked so hard this week and were so attentive felt the same way that I did, that yes, uh, go ahead and, and impose it on, on this rare time. Willie's mom and dad were glad to see justice for their son. Yes, but I hate to think of any other family going through what we have had to go through. Well, I just feel like it could be expected, you know, with all the evidence that the state had against Daryl. It was sinking in for Lexi Meese. Her son was a convicted killer sentenced to die. It, it doesn't really seem real yet, and, uh, and I, I'm, I haven't given up. I still have God, and I still have my faith in God, and Daryl still has his faith in God, and we'll just go from here. Bill Wendt, the defense attorney, believed the jury was biased and bent on handing out a death penalty. Even from the inception of the case, prior to hearing any evidence, and I'm disappointed and deflated and uh, 
course, it's the first uh, death penalty I've had assessed against a client in well over 100 cases, so uh, I'm down and I'm depressed. Sentenced to die, but Bill Wendt's client would never darken the door of a death chamber because of a twist of fate. Make that faith. Sometime during his first decade behind bars, Daryl says he got right with the Lord and returned to his roots as a born-again Christian a journey he told us about in a 2004 jailhouse interview. I came to know that I was born to come to death row to, to get right with God, get my heart broken where I could soft enough where I'd turn back to him and it's been a ride ever since. Darrell also ended up claiming investigator Jack Merritt tricked him into a confession. He only gave in to save his girlfriend Mary. The only reason I'm here is lies and corrupt judges. I have nothing against Jack. I speak to him at the trial and know what he did. He lied. They had to lie. Merritt countering, if there ever was a confession to a crime, this was it. I don't know that ever had much more explicit details in a confession. Darrell told others God saved his soul and was going to deliver him from his penalty of death. He was scheduled to be executed on January 27, 1999. Someone with the state apparently overlooked. That was the same day Pope John Paul II would make a rare visit to Missouri. Tens of thousands of faithful would be in St. Louis for a mass with the pontiff. The Roman Catholic Church is staunchly opposed to the death penalty. Governor Mel Carnahan and the state of Missouri look to have a problem. After all, who wants to be the governor of a state that executes a man the day the Pope is in town? With just days to go, Darrell was told without an explanation. His execution was being rescheduled for February 10th, a few days after the Pope would be gone. Word got back to the church. During a prayer service in St. Louis, the Pope came down from the altar walked to where Governor Carnahan was seated and asked him to have mercy on the death row inmate. And days later, the governor commuted the sentence to life in prison without parole. His life had been saved, but it wasn't good enough for Daryl, who had been hoping, praying, to get out of jail with a complete pardon. Oh no, I was, I was, <laughs> that's putting it mildly, you know. No, I was disappointed. A lot of people saw it as a political move by Carnahan, but Darrell saw it as God sending the pontiff directly to the Show Me State to intervene. As of our last interview with Darrell in 2004, he still believed someday he will walk out of prison a free man. There's not enough power in the world to hold me here or kill me here. I was bulletproof on the street through mom's prayers and uh, I'm needleproof here. Watch me walk out of here. It was like he was laughing in the face of the, of the law, you know. Aretha Bastura, Lloyd and Frankie's daughter, the one who found her loved ones at the creek that day, was disgusted to hear such talk. Being bulletproof and needleproof, that doesn't say uh, too much for our justice system. The natural instinct is to retaliate and, and, and be mad that we still don't have a mother and father and a nephew. Aren't we entitled to some relief? This man brutally killed three of our family members. And our hope is that the justice system will never allow this murderer to walk out of prison. There's nothing more sure in the world than me walking out of here. And you're going to see it.
and it's going to be real soon. I mean, like, I know this sounds crazy, but if you were in these shoes, you'd know it too. All these years later, Daryl Meese is still waiting on the Lord to answer that prayer. He remains behind bars at the South Central Correctional Center in Licking, Missouri. Crime Traveler is a Color 10 News and Ozarks Fox podcast. For exclusive video from the Color 10 News archives related to this story and others, go to ozarksfirst.com slash crime traveler. Our executive producers are Tony Wynn and Chris Six. Our research team is Eric Reedus and Lisa Hamblin. Our social media producer is Emily Cushel. And I'm Mike Landis. Thank you for listening. Thank you.